Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Let's go get him. That's another one for the fire. All right, and we're back with another episode of Horror Vision for you guys. I am your host, John. I'm Bug, the co-host. And today we have the 1982 cult classic, John Carpenter's The Thing. Um, not long I heard long. this is one of your favorite movies. You piece of shit, Bug. You <laughs> little piece of shit. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've told you this numerous times before. This this is uh, maybe I definitely top five, maybe top three horror movie all time for me. Um, just uh, a masterclass in suspense and intention and the every well, obviously we're gonna talk about it, but it's like just a lead in. I fuck, I fucking love this movie. Pretty solid lead-in. Um, I'm going to say it's probably has something that I think is pretty special that you don't really see nowadays. And I would like to talk about that later. There's my lead-in. Okay. I already know what you're talking I know that you know that I know that you know that I know. Yeah, I know that you know because but, I know that you know my mind. But we'll we'll let them know. But I feel like they already know because that's what this movie's known for, but... Someone's going to know something by the time this is over. Eventually, someone's going to come out of this with knowing what we know that, that they now know. But do, do we know anything? Do we have to know anything? Well, they don't know that we don't know. That they don't know that we don't know. Listen, all I know is I've seen over 300,000 horror movies, and this is one of them. That is, that's a factual statement. So, I mean, no one can dispute that. So that's a fact. Um, speaking of facts, here's a fact for you. The best part of every one of the episodes we do. What have you been up to, Book? What have I been up to? Uh, nothing too crazy. Um, although something kind of crazy. So, without getting into great detail. Um, right now, I work a temporary job. Retail. It's a retail position, and there's been a lot of theft. Um, just the other day, they asked me to help, like, bait these thieves to go out a certain exit. So how are they so, going to do it? Like, do you have to dress, like, provocatively? Like, ooh, come this way. No. So I have to wear um, the retail's uniform. And because I'm not part of the actual, like, security team... I have to stand at a distance, and I can't, like, risk my life or risk whatever. I just need to make sure that the, these thieves see me and don't go towards me. So, I know I've seen you in action before as far as, um, like, sports. So, I know you have a pretty good throwing arm. Like, are you allowed to, like, say, pick up a can of paint and just throw it at him? Like, you know, like, um, one of those little cans no. of paint, like, palm size? Yeah, no. How funny would that be, though? The guy's cutting going to walk out the door and you just veer back and just unload unload one right on them. Oh, I would I would love that. Listen, my my solution to stop all theft is hire a permanent paintball person and just sit on the roof of buildings or sit outside the front door. If someone says like thief, thief, shoplifter, you know, the person with the paintball gun like you're you they're allowed to just open fire. It it doesn't hurt enough to like to, you know, do serious harm to them. But they might be traumatized a little bit, and they're going to get some serious welts there, you know? Um, you could just shoot them. Like, guns guns are a thing. Yeah, but that, that's... But at the like same time, the large form. corporations have great loss prevention insurance, so it's like, 
nothing. It like, doesn't make sense to do. It, yeah. If, a tip from the podcast. If you want to steal, just do it. <laughs> yeah, really. If, fuck, if you, want, if you want to steal, they're not going to stop you because they don't want their employees to get hurt and to be on uh, a leave of absence because they have to pay them when they're on that leave of absence. Yeah, fuck those capitalist pigs. Do a, do a murder. Or no, don't murder. Just, just steal. Don't murder, just steal. <laughs> That's that's the official stance of the podcast. Don't murder, just steal. Oh, um, the also the official stance is breaking people's houses. If you want to check with our legal department, Boog's also in charge of that. So direct your uh, messages towards him. Yeah, um, legal department. They just handed me band aids, so I don't know how how well but, that's gonna fix things. Look, I I got an email earlier from someone. It looked I probably. Uh, inquiring about our uh, sponsorship deals and shit like that, um, and they uh, it was like a very professional sounding email, and they were like, uh, "Just want to know um, who's like the acting manager there to get in touch with them. What would be the best way? Yada yada." And I'm thinking like, do they really? They don't know that it's just like two two guys. They like they think we got a team here. I mean. It's a it's a partnership, but it's we don't have staffing. Yeah, we barely <laughs> we barely have a partnership. We we I can't even manage myself. How am I supposed to manage employees? Look, I'm your manager. No, I'm the co-host. Technically, you can't be my manager. Yeah, the host supersedes that. That's, yeah, that's so just. You're, you're... I mean, we're we've been talking about that's just science. One in one. And one is three. Got to be good looking because you're so hard to see. Yeah, I guess I guess that's a thing. That's facts. That just when the numbers add up, they add up. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's oh, move. I completely. Anyway, I completely forgot the whole moral of my story. Um, they wanted me to do this because they saw my size and they said, "Like, you're intimidating because you're you're freakishly tall and you're a big person." Oh, so I thought, distance. I thought they meant when they, you, like, you said that they saw your size. I thought, like, maybe, like, your manager, while you were at the urinal, caught, like, a peak and was like, oh, this guy got that, uh, that BDE, you know? You know what I'm talking about? No one's ever said that to me at a urinal. That big, big dick energy? Yeah, no, no one ever says that to me. Not, not anywhere, not even at a urinal. They say, hey, dog, is that a front butt? <laughs> oh, listen, is that a front butt or is that just a gusher? Oh, god damn it. All right, let's let's keep this rolling along here. Um, <laughs> let's talk about things. Yeah, No, we're not talking about things. We're talking about the thing. Uh, I think I watched the wrong movie. Which is a 1980... Have you ever seen the original? I actually like the original, too. There's one before this? Yeah, so... I know for... Like, you've seen, obviously, the original Halloween. Um, if you remember when um, Jamie Lee Curtis is watching the two kids and they're watching, like, the horror movie marathon, mm -hmm. um, the the movie they're watching on the screen and they show at the beginning, that's the original thing. The original one's called a thing from another world. Nope, never um, seen it. So it plays the overall. So it's based on a story by John W. Campbell jr. And it was like a, an original story, even before the first one um, that they made into a film uh, general like plots similar. Um, but this one goes a step further with like the creature having the ability to assimilate um, into to different life forms. Um, and that one I think was like from the fifties. So obviously it's black and white. It's, it's dated and, um, it, it doesn't have the modern effects that this one does. Um, but I, I do enjoy the original. I, I, I think that one's pretty solid, but this one, uh, is one of the few, I would say when people ask the argument, like what remakes better than the original, I have to hands down say the thing. The thing's the best remake that there's ever been, in my opinion. Remake or sequel? It's a remake. Okay. Um, on that note, so we'll just talk. Obviously, director is John Carpenter. John Carpenter directed 
John Every Carpenter's thing. John Carpenter's the thing. Uh, funny thing, like, so I, I like when a director, like if it's a good director, puts his name in front of the title. Uh, but I remember in high school, I had a video project I was supposed to do. And the project had a set time length, like it had to be a certain time. Uh, and my film was like slightly short. <laughs> so what I did at the opening credits of the movie, I, I made it like my name produced by me, executive produced by me. And then like the title drop, like my name and the title, like I, I just extended it by like a whole minute and a half, just with like all the different things just attributed to me. It worked out. I did all right on that project. That's called cheating. It's not cheating. It's just uh, sometimes you have to have creative solutions to creative problems. I don't know. I don't know what, what I was doing, but it worked. I'm here now. I'll look, give your problem-solving skills, ability, whatever you want to call it. I'll give it a B-. minus. I think it could be better, but... Okay. Well, that's about what I got on the project, too, so... At least I'm consistent. To be honest, I'd be happy with that. Uh, I was. I didn't put any effort in that project. Like, I don't know if you remember the the film classes. I don't know if you ever took. Did you take any AV classes when you were in high school? Um, I did not. No. I was all like, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I was all like woodshop, uh, CAD. Um, I wasn't very. Uh, Theatrical, I guess you want to say. It like wasn't I theatrical. It was technically part of the tech ed department, but I, like you said, most likely you took the CAD class, the drafting class, instead of the uh, the AV portion, which I, I took that instead because I was always interested in film. It was actually great, but like of any class we had, it had the most leeway in the fact that um, you would get these lanyards in, under the the impression that, hey, I was going out filming scenes for my, um, for my, 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 the, like, whatever type of project that you were working on. Um, like, you, you can go to, like, the lunchroom and, like, interview people if it was, like, to learn different, like, interviewing skills, if you needed, like, uh, scenery shots for whatever. Like, you could literally go anywhere with these lanyards, like, during school hours. And what we used to do is we would, We'd take the lanyards and we'd go out to the. Remember the baseball field that was just outside of. Uh, well, I think that side was the so the softball field that was just on the right of the school. Yes. We, we'd use that to go outside and say we we're filming out there, and then people would just go smoke cigarettes in the dugout. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really have that issue when I was in school. I mean, it wasn't an issue. It was a good thing to have, but no, it was. I, no, I no, did. Like, so like we, when I was in school, we didn't have that much freedom. Even if we had like a lanyard or anything. We didn't. We didn't have that freedom. You got to think. We had, we had an think issue of it with like vapes and stuff like that. Definitely, get, we didn't you, have anything with cigarettes. Well, you got to think of it like this, Boog. Like a lot of the times, the way people lose freedom is people abusing the system, and obviously, like after a certain point, like the administration's not dumb; they're going to take away those passes and, and shit like that. But the class itself i did learn a lot of things but um like most things in life i really didn't apply myself i just did the bare minimum um but well, this, this project no the, your your faults are your own <laughs> uh but the the class itself um this particular project they gave us like a month to do it and you had to storyboard it out um then film the project and then edit it down with uh the software that we had in that class period and that class was like three days a week something like that and that whole time i just did like absolutely nothing it came to like the last day i was like oh fuck and i was like it happened the school had pretty nice cameras but the format that they used was the same like you remember my small like handheld camera yeah yep those tapes it used the same exact tapes i think like dv8s or whatever the fuck they were called so I just was like, fuck. So I came home and I just filmed the movie at my house. And boy, yeah, it makes, it makes sense. And what I also did too is I made sure I didn't fuck up and I made it simple. I didn't even have to edit the movie. The only thing I edited was the end credits in the, that intro segment, but everything else I filmed it sequentially and it would just automatically flowed together and I didn't fuck up. 
So it, uh, and then I just added the music over it in just one day. So a B minus for that, I'll take it. One, that's impressive. Two, to give a little example of how my high school was, my high school experience was, and, and remind, it must have been tough say, like, going through school and just not being able to read. Well, thankfully, uh, stuff read. I mean, things were able to read itself. Like, I don't know. Like, ever since I was in sixth grade, sixth grade is when we got, like, laptops. You know, like, the whole school got, like, Apple laptops. Each classroom had their own, like, little um, connectors, bunkers, whatever you want to call it, you know? Yeah, I mean, we had, um, we had those. They, they had the... Uh... Each class had like the the station, whatever it's yeah. called, the power station or whatever with the laptops. Yeah. But I know the kids now they get like tablets and laptops that they get to take home. They bring their own shit, yeah. yeah. No, like the school like provides it for them. It's fucking nuts. Uh, assholes. No, but to to describe my school experience, um, if you remember, the high school went through a huge remodel and they added like a real nice like courtroom and like rooftop garden and stuff like that. Yeah, and they took out the the four way. Yeah, well, you weren't allowed to sit in the court. Like, we at first the first couple months we sat in the courtroom and we we're like eating lunch and stuff like that, and because we were outside, you like know, the, like the courtyard. You mean or courtyard? Yeah, it was a, you know, it was it was all glass around it, so like we couldn't do anything out there without being seen. But we just out, sat out there and ate lunch and stuff like that. A month later, the principal came up and said, "No, you can't do that anymore. Uh, it's a, it's a risk because there's no teachers out there." So, like, they built this huge court courtyard. They built this huge rooftop garden, and no one was allowed to go out there and use it. It was literally never used. That's school. They, dist- they that's... locked the doors during school hours. That that school district had too much money. <laughs> oh, 100 percent. I mean, we played football in a twenty million dollar football stadium. Yes. It was designed by the CAD teacher, too. So they had some talented teachers, but I know they paid their teachers very well. Yeah. Well, guess what? They didn't teach you how to read, so how good were they? Anyway, let's get back to the movie. People don't want to hear about what we used to do. Are we good now? Uh, All right, so the screenplay was by Bill Lancaster. Um, like I said before, the original stories by John W. Campbell, uh, your main stars in this, you got big, uh, John Carpenter favorite. Uh, you got Kurt Russell as McCready. You have, uh, the legendary Keith David as Childs. Fucking Keith David has like one of my favorite voice acting voices, like all time. And also in the later seasons of community, he was hilarious. Keith David should have a podcast. I wouldn't be surprised if he he does, or he's at least guest appeared on a couple. He, I mean, he should. I though. He has a very very strong voice. Yes, hundred percent. Um, you had T. K. Carter as Niles, uh, Richard Dysart or Dysart as Doctor Cooper, uh, Peter Maloney as George Bennings, Joel Polisius as Fuchs, and Norbert Wesker as a Norwegian. Uh, legendary uh, diabetes haver. You have Wilford Brimley as Dr. Blair. Richard Masar as Clark. David Clemming as Palmer. Charles Hallahan as Vance Norris. And Donald Moffat as Gary. What did you say about Wilf- Wilford? Uh, legendary uh, diabetes haver. Really? You never don't remember those commercials for years? Like, I'm Wilford Brimley. I got diabetes. No. What? For years and years, he was the face of diabetes. Like he always had the commercials. Like I'm like whatever the the drug was they were advertising or like testing strips. Like you don't remember those commercials? Like that's what Wilford Brimley's known for. I'm Wilford Brimley. Oh. I have diabetes. That's how he pronounced it too. Diabetes. No, I I don't remember those at all. Jesus Christ. But uh, so we'll hop into the story here now. Uh, one other shout out I want to give to before we do that, actually, um, the effects work on this movie. And I think that's what you were alluding to before is, I think, the gold standard all time for practical effects work. 
Uh, oh, if, if anything, and there's great. The story's great. The acting's great. The way it's filmed. Um, the musical st- score by uh, Ennio Marconi, the dude like from like The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, Fistful of Dollars for a few dollars more. Legendary like spaghetti western composer. He did this as well, and that's that's amazing. But I think the thing that's going to be the lasting, um, the lasting like what this will be known for a hundred percent is the the practical effects. They're absolutely fucking amazing in this movie. Um, hands down the best practical effects I've ever seen hands down and you know who's actually I actually looked up some facts about it you know who's uncredited to help with the the practical effects Uh, Stan Winston I know yes Uh, he he gets the special thanks and the credit at the end but the one most responsible and this is crazy um, 23 year old kid Robert Botine at the time uh he his background like he had been working in special effects like since he was out of high school he was um rick baker known from like american werewolf on london in london um legendary makeup effects artist in his own right this was his assistant um and he took this job and he basically ran with it he put everything he had into it uh the the one thing i had here um, it said he worked painstaking hours. He worked seven days a week for 56 weeks. Uh, he was like, after the film ended, he was so exhausted that he actually had to check into the hospital. Like the dude literally just put every like fiber of his being into this goddamn movie. And he fucking, it shows like, it's, it's amazing. Like I, I, can you name me one movie that has better practical effects than this? No, no, not. And that's the big thing. So I don't know if you saw, it's not a remake, but the one that came out in 2011 also named The Thing. It's technically a prequel. So it's actually about what happened at the Norwegian's base um, before the the events of this film. And the one thing I did like about that is how they like tied it in seamlessly to the start of this movie. And that actually works. But the problem with that movie is that they designed the practical effects, which I think would actually made that movie like memorable and worth it and then halfway through some studio execs like no we're doing cgi and it fucking ruined that movie like there's something about seeing these physical creations and how they move that just hits so much harder than anything you could produce with a computer Um, oh so it's the biggest shout out of all of them to robert botine like that dude is a fucking legend wherever you are i think I I i think he died let me double, let me double check. If he's not dead, then like I don't want to jinx him. Listen, if this is another like Betty White situation where like we unintentionally kill Betty, like kill him, like did Betty we do White. That? Yeah, we did. We literally said like, oh, I I kind of did. I'm I'm gonna, but I'm gonna say we did. Um, I said you know like Betty White, like two weeks, boom, a hundred, and then. Like that evening, I think it was New Year's Eve. She was like, "Oh yeah, that's right." Because oh, no. people got mad at me because I said, "I said Betty White's not even my favorite Golden Girl." Oh, that's right. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, but no, he's still alive. But I don't. I just seen this, the information on him now, Boog. I don't. Um. I don't think you'd like him. He's he's the same height as you. I don't have an issue with that. I have an issue with people that are taller than me. Okay, so if he's just that little smidge taller than you, like that's going to be an issue. Yeah, hundred percent. If he is, how fluffy is his hair? I don't know. I don't know. Book. Are you looking at a picture of him, or no, are you just looking up like they, his his uh, Wikipedia article had his information on it? it said he was six five. I need to know how fluffy his hair is. <laughs> I need to know if he has the advantage. We'll we'll circle back to that. Uh, in the meantime, let me get get to the story here, and we can get to the to the nitty gritty of it, the pros and cons. Um, yeah. All right. So the story here is uh, you a U.S. research station in Antarctica in early winter 1982. The base is suddenly buzzed by a helicopter from the nearby Norwegian research station. They are trying to kill a dog that has escaped from their base. After the destruction of the Norwegian chopper, the members of the U.S. team fly to the Norwegian base, only to discover them all dead or missing. They do find the remains of a strange creature the Norwegians burned. 
the Americans take it to their base and deduce that it is an alien life form. After a while, it is apparent that the alien can take over and assimilate it to other life forms, including humans, and it can spread like a virus. This means that anyone at the base could be inhabited by the thing. Intentions escalate. Well, that's the premise of uh, the thing. You ready? You get it. You get it? Okay. Well, lead us off on the pros and cons, Boog. Um, I'm just going to go real simple here. Um, I love the fact that there's like, what, 10 actors total in this movie? Uh, yeah, like thereabouts. I love that it's just a very simple cast and each person has their own like, it, it has a great backstory, has their own great like incentives for trying to defend themselves, trying to, you know, attack other people. Like each person had a very key role, whether it was like shooting at a dog and being shot down, or if it was just like the dog caretaker, Clark, you know, um, it, it was just a, I yeah. love the simplicity of the film. Yeah. I think a better, how they a better way the of, actors. I think a better way of saying it is that they did a good job of exploring each character by not like using an expository dialogue. Like they didn't say like, Oh, this is this guy. Cause this, like you get enough with each character where it's like, you can see like their like little tendencies and, and what makes them tick. And then, so when it comes time and the tensions are raised and people are accusing people of being the thing that you understand why a certain person acts a certain way and why they do like John Carpenter does an excellent job of getting the most out of his cast with such a little because for the majority of this movie it's a bunch a group of dudes trapped in in, in an um an antarctic base just basically trying to figure out who's the alien yeah yeah that's i i mean that's pretty much the essence of this movie and if that didn't work then this movie would be so boring but but it does they're, they're very interesting characters and you're given like a short amount of time to get acquainted to them, but then you like really feel like they're fleshed out characters. It's yes. it's, it's awesome. It's a masterclass. Uh, do you know it, what my first pro is though, book? Hmm. I don't think you your, can guess it. Your first pro is um, how this how this movie really reminds you of uh, of. Um... Among Us, the video game. I think that's what you're going to go for. I think I think you want to thank this movie for creating the video game Among Us. Uh, that's a big no. Didn't well, hate, just didn't hate the game. The we, we had fun with that for about a week. But um, I think that my favorite part about this movie is near the opening sequences, uh, especially when he flies the helicopter, the hat that Kurt Russell wears, McCready. Oh, I always, every time I watch this movie, I see that. And I'm like, I just want that hat. Like he just, his character just exuded like absolute coolness. And like, yes, just like from barely seeing him on the screen, you're just like, that dude's, that dude's cool. It was the <laughs> but it's like, it's like a goofiest hat, hat, but like he made it cool, you know, like, yes. Oh, wish I could pull a hat off like that. Um, but I guess playing along with it, I think Kurt Russell in this movie, like he isn't necessarily at the beginning the main character, um, but spoilers, he's one of the last survivors and like the way his story arc plays out, um, and the way he handles himself. I like, th this is uh, one of the top Kurt Russell performances for me. Um, he's always a role wise been great in carpenter films like uh escape from new york um big trouble in little china but i i think this is my favorite kurt russell performance as well um it's a good it's a good performance but i don't know if it's my favorite kurt russell performance what's your favorite kurt russell performance then um honestly it's kind of, it's kind of weird, I know. But I loved his character in The Hateful Eight. I know that's not the best Tarantino movie, yeah. but so I, I love 
Kurt Russell in that movie. I'll go on record as saying it's in my bottom two or three of Tarantino films, and it's not a terrible movie. Um, it's just one of those classic cases of it wasn't really what I expected. And it's actually kind of funny that you say that because there's a lot of similarities to this movie to Hateful Eight, where it's a group of people trapped in one location in a, in a winter storm and they're not sure who's a bad guy who's a good guy i mean that's pretty much the same premise as this movie um i would agree his, kurt russell's performance probably my favorite part about that movie maybe his performance or samuel L. jackson's performance in that mm -hmm. um but i mean that's fair it's to each their own but I, I liked i like kurt russell's performance in this one his his performance in hateful eight's a little bit more goofy but that obviously fits with the tone of that movie yeah, it it was. I'm pretty he sure he has was, a great great mustache in that movie. Yes, he does. He has a great beard in this movie. Yeah, I mean Kurt Russell's great. Let's let's just all we can all agree on that. He's so great. His facial hair is great. Um. So I guess I guess we'll go to the next pro. Um. And this is something else we can agree on: the practical effects. And instead of us just sitting here and just gushing about like how great they are, like because we already pretty much did that leading mm -hmm. up to this, I thought like let's let's what, what's your favorite practical effect in this movie? That I think that um, would be a better way to talk about it. My favorite practical effect and my favorite scene of the movie is I'm gonna guess your favorite scene as well um, when they're doing the blood test. And he's heating up a coil and sticking it in each other, each person's blood to see if he reacts and tries to get away from the heat. Yeah, so like a little back on that, like if you haven't seen it, like first off, just go see the movie right now. Then pause this, come back to it, obviously. Like, subscribe, the, the whole deal. Download this 60 times. Bang, shabang, you know. But yeah, the, the huge. But um, so the way that the creature works is it like assimilates every cell of a body even down to like the cells in your blood so if by taking the blood sample and a heated up coil reacts to it um the, the you'll know that that person is the thing um and that's seen in it in itself uh the tension there there's very few scenes in any movie that have the levels of tension of that scene where it's everyone's like in that room and then the way they filmed it and the way they keep cutting back to the different looks on people's face. It's, it's good. It's so damn good. And it is truly, in my opinion, the greatest jump scare out of any movie. And I'd say it's a jump scare because he does like, he tests the blood of like three or four people and they all like nothing happens. You just hear like a, you know, the fizzle of, of hot metal and, and something cold. And then finally he goes and just well, that, that real go, quick, that goes he along, starts to lose book, hope of his book, That goes along with that too, is because they don't know if that test will even work. They're just going based upon a theory at that point. So it gets you as the audience thinking like, Oh, like this test well, isn't going to work. This isn't going to lead them anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Why it's my favorite jump scare. Cause like, you you don't see it coming. You lose hope. You think this is all just baloney. You know it's not going to work. And then boom, he just he just randomly, real quick, picks up another one and does it. Not even thinking, just thinking the test isn't going. It's not actually working. And the ones just like it explodes. Huge, it literally like it, it, it literally the blood jumps out of the container. Yes. It, but and, the, the follow up on that scene I love because they have three different guys that are tied up. They're not sure about tied up on the couch. And then the one dude's eyes just like kind of start rolling back in his head and like 10 alien tendrils like come out of his body. And the dudes, the other two dudes on the couch are just freaking the fuck out. Like, yeah, they're, they're just nonstop sitting there or they're not sitting there. They're like, they're like shaking, trying to get out. They're like. Cut me loose! Cut me loose! Get get me away from him! Get me yeah. away from him! The freaking out, and it's just a great scene. By yeah. far, my favorite scene in this entire movie. See, but you guessed wrong. My favorite scene is the one dude that they think's having like the heart attack. He's on the table, and they bring the uh, defibrillators, and they go to do the defibrillators, and his whole fucking chest opens, and then with teeth and closes and bites the dude's hands off. That's my favorite yeah. scene. 
well that's an to me that's a that's a iconic like creature too because it was like a snakehead i guess you want to say that like his neck extended out like real long well that but like just like the way that it would like mutate and stuff like and then when they think they killed it and then it, it just continues to keep going like the the one dude's head pops off and it sprouts legs and eyeballs like a fucking crab and scurries yeah. away and i i love like this is like it has to be a top three use of a flamethrower in a movie as well i there's there's few other flamethrowers that i've liked in movies um but just mccready with the flamethrower just lighting shit on fire i love it absolutely love it yeah that that's such a great scene the only too. other flamethrower i think's up there going going back to tarantino obviously again is uh leonardo dicaprio and once upon a time in hollywood that oh. flame, that flamethrower fucking rips <laughs> that was oh, another great tarantino film i can't watch i i i'm pretty sure so that movie came out what two years ago three years ago now i've probably seen that movie like six or seven times i love that the, that honest to god might be my favorite tarantino movie I, I think um, what makes it, because there was, there's about two thirds of the way through, and it's obviously well done, but I'm thinking like, what's he going for with this movie? This is just like pretty much just been like two dudes hanging out, and then like when it gets to the punchline, and you're just like, oh, this is fucking awesome, because, I mean, we're not talking about that movie, we'll, we'll move on, but like that's, watch that fucking movie. If you want to have a good night. And I guess both of these movies are those movies are pretty long. But if you you want to section off your night, start about five o'clock at night. You watch the thing, and then watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I guarantee yeah. you, you're gonna have a good night. You'll probably get laid too. That's just science. Put that down on the fact sheet, book. I don't think we can legally say that. I don't know. Let me check with the legal department. Legal department says put a bandaid on it and suck it up. There we go. That's yeah, legal, folks. It's hey, it is the law. It is just. <laughs> um I got a I got a con for you. Yeah, hit me with it. All right. Oh, I, let me um, let me try to guess your con. No, 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 cuz I know you're going to know it. We cuz we talk about it all the time. Well, it's because I I know that you don't like ambiguous things and the way that this movie ends and I'm going to say I, I I don't know if that's what your con is, but if it is I'm in the opposite camp because I love how this fucking movie ends. Uh, that's not what I was going to say. I like how this movie ends. Okay. See, um, I, I feel like normally you wouldn't. I know. Normally I wouldn't, but to me there was... See, I... Thematically, it were, it's like the perfect ending to this movie. A movie yes. about people being unsure and you can't even trust, like the people the closest people around you mm -hmm. and then the way the movie ends with the two sitting there and they don't know if either one of them's actually human or not mm -hmm. and while the whole station's burning down like it's fucking perfection no i i completely agree i absolutely love the ending normally i like happy endings happy ending with with this would be they both walk away but i think it was just too perfect because mm -hmm. it leaves it leaves to me, it leaves more to be desired. Is it still there? Is, you know, are they ever going to find, you know, rescue team going to find them? What's going to happen to them? You know, like it leaves, it leaves the door open for possibilities. Yeah. And I love that. I love that. Um, no, but my one con, and you will agree with me. I know you will. Uh, they killed dogs. Yeah, you hate to see it. I love dogs and matter of fact we were actually just talking about huskies not too long ago and um how they're kind of an annoying dog but they're a dog we love them they yell at the top of their lungs non-stop which some people find it entertaining yeah, they're and very fun, talkative but you you don't a dog doesn't deserve to get killed yeah but i mean it, it was part of the story that makes it stronger than that's another great practical effect that the creature when it when it comes out of the dog like it and starts eating the other dogs and assimilating them like that is like one of the scariest looking practical effects that that has ever been put on screen like it's just like holy fuck. i remember the first time i saw this when i was a kid i was like 10 or 11 i remember just seeing this like because up until that point you hadn't seen the creature and it's just like what the fuck is this movie yes and but I, the practical effect at the end of the movie, like the final stage of the creature, 
when the dog comes out of like underneath the like the sprouts out of it yeah arm, yeah it tries to like bite his face off great absolutely perfection but again they killed dogs i get where it needed to for the story to progress like it makes sense why the alien was able to get to that camp and like yeah but you, you dogs hate, are you men's hate, best friends yeah you yeah. hate to see it but that's that goes it. with the the theme of the movie like you can't even trust man's best friend like that's that's like something that is actually scary. Like, I, I mean, I could equate it to like if you think about someone with like a mental illness, where you can't even trust that like your the things you're seeing are real or the way that you're perceiving things. Like that's something that's terrifying. Like the fact it's, that like this person looks like a human, talks like a person, like a human. Like you you've known this person forever, but you you don't actually know. Like that's that's a great premise and, and they execute it perfectly. You just described like every person I've ever worked with, you know, the person from work, but you don't know the actual person they are. Who knows what they do in their free time? Who knows what you do in your free time? I don't even know you bug. Your name's not even bug. No, it is not. You're living a fucking and lie. I'm not living a lie. I just quick question before we move on bug. Yeah, go please shoot. Hit me um, with it. Are are you a thing? Um. When I come down to Raleigh, we're gonna do a blood test. Yeah, just don't cut my thumb, please. That looked that was gruesome. Well, I was probably just gonna like stab your neck. That case, if uh, you are a thing, you could just bleed out. But I don't think you would. You would just mutate. I'm gonna have to invest in a flamethrower, aren't I? Um, anyway, you cut it. It's good. It's good to have a flamethrower. I can see some downside to it. I mean, the downside is something goes wrong, you just burn it down, collect the insurance money. Um, mm, that's the official stance of the like podcast. The... Yeah, it, it, it's official. Yeah, check with the legal department. Legal says put a band aid on it and suck it up. So what what did you think of uh, the the musical score in this movie? To be honest, I didn't really think about it until this point. But when I think about it and try to reflect on it, uh, it was to, right. Like what I'm thinking is like it was it was. So I think it it, it fits the movie because compared to other scores by Marconi. Like you think about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Like it's the classic, like ah, wow, wow, wow. Like it's like super prevalent, loud. Like, but this is like more subdued, and in the background. But I think it fits very well with like the barren landscape they are. They're in like the the quietness, the the tension, the fear. I think it's just like it fits perfectly with this movie. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, you just get little was, bits and pieces of it here and there. Yeah, it wasn't. It's not like the good, the bad, and ugly. It's, it's not like not. In, yeah, it's it not time. in your face at all. It's more subdued. Yeah. It's in the background, but it like it fits. It's like a. It does. Yeah. It good good music adds to a film, and, and thinking back on it, like it, it wasn't obnoxious. It it wasn't like you said up in your face. It wasn't like trying to be like an attention grabber. Like that's all you. You hear that's all you pay attention to because mm-hmm. at, at any point like if i feel like uh, if it was more in your face it would take you out of the the moment with this movie like what's so gripping about it is like it feels like you're in the room with those guys and you don't know who who the the enemy is you don't know who the alien is and you're just like yeah. you're just you're in it and like you want that little reprieve where it's like all right maybe have some music or like a montage it's like no it's like you're in this you're in this and like there's no escaping it and that's like true fear like they capture that perfectly and i definitely the music in my opinion adds to that because it's it's there it's like there is no reprieve for you there's no like loud music and it's like it's like no like you have to deal with this i like it i like it a lot yeah if it makes you the movie makes you feel like you're in the room with them. So nonstop during out when I was watching this, it, I was paying attention to everyone's actions. Yeah. What they were doing, what they weren't doing. If they put anything in their pocket, you know, who was going outside, who was, you know, 
it, that that's the main focus of it is it wants you to feel like you're there yeah and it that, wants you to feel like you don't know who the actual creature is yeah so that, it that makes you like want to watch each person closely that paranoia where you're like well where was this guy when this happened like who yeah. where's this guy been like that's why like at the end like when childs comes back and you hadn't seen childs in a long time you don't know if he's the creature or not but also you don't know if mccree's the creature or not because like he pretty much killed the creature down but you didn't know if maybe the part got off and he got a similar you just you don't you don't know and that's the part that's scary about this movie is because you don't you just don't know it's funny that we talked about know. knowing and people not knowing at the beginning and it all comes full circle. You're definitely a thing, Book. I, I'm, like, I'm, the more I think about it right now, you're a thing. That would explain, it. It would explain a lot. May, this may surprise you. Um, I'm actually a Dracula. I fucking knew it. I've been asking for years. I said, Book, I always say, I say, Book, are you Dracula? And you said, oh, I'll tell you if I was a Dracula. And I knew you were lying to me. Yeah, fuck. I, I see. I told you I would tell you if I was you a Dracula, but I never actually told you I was a Dracula. You sack this is of it. Shit. I'm coming out. I'm a Dracula. I fly. You're gonna come. You, uh, well, the important part are you coming out to your parents, uh, like next Thanksgiving or whatever holiday you come back for. Um, like, like, like bigger and Deb. I got, I got something to tell you. I'm a Dracula. Oh, oh my gosh, I haven't aged since I was twelve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, I think they know. Think I think they know. Um, I do have one question for you, and I, I I I'm having a hard time recalling. What were they doing in Antarctica? Uh so it was like a research base up there. So like even now they have research um, for like different climate things. I know there's certain things with it being out in the middle of nowhere where you can get different readings and stuff that's not affected by like being around like large cities or like any type of light pollution, things like that. So I don't know exactly what they were researching. Um, but I know they were up there pretty that, much. That's just one thing I actually wrote. I wrote down, I was thinking like, were they there to study like space because without the light pollution, it would be like purely like speaking you can of see space, anything, did you, everything. Did you see that um, NASA said that they're decommissioning the space station? Why? Uh, wait, wait, they're just before, like done. Before with we it. get before we get super off topic, while you look that up, can any like reasoning for why they're there explain why they have so many guns? Um, so this was 1982. So I don't know. They, they could have potentially been up there. Like maybe if there was any like Soviet interference or something like that, cause I'm sure they had a base up there. I know the other base was Norwegian and I don't think they were sided with the Soviets. So, I mean, it could be something along that line why they had the guns. Um, but I, I guess that's the only thing I could think of. They were military along with the scientists. So. I knew they were military, but, and, and I thought, like, yeah, they're an international territory, I guess. So maybe they needed weapons to defend themselves if there's ever, like, a surprise attack and someone tries to steal their research or whatever. But um, at the same time, the scariest thing walking around down there is going to be penguins. So... No, dude, penguins can be scary. The tallest penguin in the world is three foot tall. Do you remember earlier how I said I'm only afraid of things that are taller than me? Penguins are not taller than me. I think there's... Penguins. I think there's... Let me see. What's the tallest penguin? Emperor penguin. 45 inches. So you're good on that. Mm-hmm. 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 I know what I'm talking about. I don't know if you know this, but my sister-in-law likes birds. Penguins are birds. Yeah, it does a real good job of liking them. Liking them, let them escape right out the fucking building. It wasn't a penguin. It was a hawk. It was no, worse. It, was it wasn't just any hawk. It was a sea eagle. You want to talk yeah. about how those are bigger than you, Bug? Yeah, I know. I'm terrified of those things. That motherfucker looked at me. It could have killed me. I know that for a fact. Oh, yeah. 
Well, I got something that sea eagles don't got. Fucking machine gun. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm, I'm was, taking it right was, out. I was gonna go with something else. Thumbs. Also thumbs. I got yeah, thumbs I and a machine gun. <laughs> thumbs is my go-to. <laughs> Uh, so let's wrap this up here. Um, as far as ratings and recommendations, my rating on this, it, it's a damn near perfect film. I'm going to go with a 9.8. I re- recommend this to any horror fan out there, um, any fan of just a, a, a good film in general. This is very well done in every aspect. Uh, you will be entertained. Um, it, people that might not like it, like obviously, if you don't like seeing dogs die in the movie, then then don't don't watch this one because they a lot a lot of dogs die. Uh, actually, all of them, all of the dogs die that are in this. All movie. of the dogs die. Yes. Yeah. Um, other than that, I guess if you're real squeamish, there is some just absolutely grotesque practical effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you are a fan of the horror genre and you haven't seen this, um, do yourself a favor and, and go check this movie out. I couldn't agree more, but I'm going to go a little bit lower on the scale. Um, Dogs, killing dogs is a minus one in my book. But for this movie, it's a special movie. I'm going to go minus 0.5, which means my overall score is a 9.2. So they didn't kill the dogs, I give a 9.7. You know, like that whole like big, like long diatribe you just went on. You could just cut that out by just starting with your score. You could have just said 9.7, but I'm going to have to go uh, down try, to 9.2. <laughs> trying to build the anticipation. Uh, you know, uh, ooh, what's Bug going to say? Ooh, ooh what's Bug going to give it? Ooh, that's a good point that Bug made. Yeah, it is a good point that I just made. 9.2. Things that, pe- great... things that people have never said in the history of mankind. That's a, good, po- that's a good point, Bug. Fuck well, it, you fuck. You've said it before. You've... I've said it before. I say it all every day. You fuck. <laughs> No, but that's a, I mean, it's a great score. These are, those are both the two highest scores we've given for a film so far. Absolutely. And I'll I'll be honest with you. It's going to be very hard to top that. There's very few movies that I hold in higher regards than, than this film. Um, Is this your favorite creature feature? Creature feature. No. What's your, what's your favorite creature feature? Jaws. I hate myself. Okay. Yeah, I hate you too. Legal department says put a bandaid on it. Suck it up, son of a bitch. Um, I'm thinking we should probably go with a different legal team. I think our legal team's doing just fine. Legal team says put a bandaid on it and suck it up. I'm starting to question like the certifications that our legal team has. Like, are <laughs> have they even take taken one law class? A wise person once told me, you don't need to be certified to do anything. You just need to play it off. That is true. That is something I have said. Yes. And I'll stick by that. Yes. Um, you know what the, the best advice I ever got? This was from my grandfather when I was way younger. Uh, he said, John, he said, it's only a crime if you get caught. That's, that's words I live by. That's smart. Yeah. That is smart. You know uh, what my grandfather once taught me? Um, don't bend over in the shower? No, he wasn't real big into prison. Um, no, he's, he's, my grandfather once taught me that um, he when was you have Catholic, polio, you though. can walk. I mean, that's... I mean, yeah, you can. Like, it just depends on how bad of polio you have and when, like how quickly you got treated or yeah yeah i mean he he once told me hey go get that licorice for me because he loved black licorice a little small detail i hate black licorice. same that's the detail. worst kind of licorice there is it is but he goes hey go hey hey go get that for me real fast so i get it i turn around and he gets up out of his wheelchair and bolts to the bathroom and i'm like what the hell my whole life's a lie i'm, I'm like three years old thinking like this man can walk. You should have beat the brakes off of that man. I was three. That's I was a, only five uh, foot seven then. Yeah, but it's another life lesson, Boog. You're never too old to learn a new lesson. They always say never teach an old dog new tricks, but 
my my motto there is you're never too old to learn a new lesson. So you should have taught that man a lesson that day. He was he was my grandfather. So sometimes you got to beat up a pappy. <laughs> All right, on that note, let's uh let's wrap this on up here. I'm uh, gonna quote that for for life from you. <laughs> sometimes you got to beat up pappy. <laughs> Bye, John. Uh, all right well if you listen to our podcast on your favorite podcast service provider platform whatever it's called then awesome if not we're all on pretty much all of them uh spotify stitcher google uh amazon audible um i know we're on iheart radio as well i still want to get around to checking out their podcast selections i was going to tell you about that i was driving home uh late on a sunday night uh, I think it was last weekend, and you know how iHeart pretty much owns all the uh, radio stations now, Bug, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They had a radio show called, like, like What's Going On Podcasts, and it was just a lady on there, and she was interviewing people that did different podcasts as well as, like, recommending podcasts, and then they would play, like, clips from podcasts on the actual like radio airwaves and i was like that's wild and then i thought about it, i was like there's zero chance that that could ever happen for us because um some of the things that we say <laughs> but i thought that was pretty wild but that's that's an iheart radio thing so check us out there i do want to start um seeing what their podcast service is about uh as well as if you're trying to reach out to us our emails hunters horrorvision at gmail.com uh send us anything there um whether there's something that uh you want us to check out if you have any questions we're we're really receptive there uh as well as we're on twitter that's just at horrorvision give us a follow on there we're always posting stuff as well as you could dm us too uh bug loves uh getting in those dms you know uh it's what else creepy. what else that's you you're the creep that's that's what they called you in high school the super creep i do play creeps pretty well i'm i'm for how big i am i am good at being creepy you're just naturally creepy you can't help it no, can, can, yeah. can't help it um what else uh we got the youtube channel that we're good one day one day we'll uh we'll post some more things on there so that's hunter's horror vision on youtube uh give us a like subscribe whatever happens on there like just do one of those things um other than that i think that's all we got book you got anything else uh let me let me take a look at my list here of everything i wanted to bring up uh, oh yeah one more thing real fast uh sometimes you gotta beat pop a uh, poppy pop 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 that's what i said i said sometimes you gotta beat a pappy Happy. I forget. I forgot what you said. No. Uh, I was. I was looking at something else, and and for some reason, well, I, it's on. Yeah, you can't read anyway. That's not your fault. They just didn't have the tools to teach you yet. I, what, you, you want. You we'll want to know what I was when I come at? down there? We'll work on it. You we'll, want to know what I was looking at? What were you? Looking Evil at? Dead, the video game. Oh yeah, that's that's coming out. Uh, I saw Tom Savini made an exclusive skin for Ash in that game, so that's something that we'll play. I don't know if the fans out there ever got into the Friday the Thirteenth game, but uh, Savini did a skin there, and uh, Boog and I used to terrorize servers on that uh, for a while. We got we actually got a lot of gameplay, and the game wasn't super spectacular, but it was a fun time, and and we made the most of it for sure. So I'm, I'm oh yeah interested those isometric uh horror games um i guess asymmetric is, is the word for it um but uh i'm definitely pumped to check that out once that come out uh right now it's showing may 13th of 2022 okay um that's relatively soon um but yeah if, if anyone's interested ever in playing games with us too like uh our community our, our uh, listeners like uh let us know um just know that you'll be in for a very interesting time if you game with us <laughs> that's yeah, for sure very. we interact with the community and i do voices he he's got some issues we're gonna work through it though <laughs> i hey, hey tell tell the people how good my australian uh, accent start is. start the guitars let's end this Oh, okay. All right, check check you guys later. <laughs> later.